0: welcome back you are listening to that one sports podcast you already know who it is but just in case you didn't know we are your hosts i'm mitch wilson he is chris hell we want to give a shout out to all those who listen to the podcast we appreciate it and please share tell your mama your friend everybody about that one sports podcast my guy christopher what do we got today for the show man Hi, my man. This show is about to be hotter than it is in the
1: Midwest. We know it's as hot as Satan's backside all around the country. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have reactions to the NFL top 100 players. We're also going to talk about could the greatest team in the NFL, the Chiefs, not make the playoffs? Is there a possibility that that could happen? What young wide receiver is going to take the next step? And with fantasy football just around the corner, does fantasy football actually require any skill? And apparently you have a fun top five game for me like we always do. We got a top five game for yours truly. So my main man, Mitch, overall reaction of the NFL top 100 players. What you got?
0: I will say they definitely got it right at number one, not just because I'm a Chiefs fan, but Patrick Holmes being number one, Definitely, that's exactly where he should be. I will say though, and this could now this could be my bias coming in, but let me ask the NFL Top One Hundred this: How? Because you know, there's a video associated with each ranking. You know, uh, ninety-nine or one hundred through one, right? So, how does like? Jalen Hurts at three and a couple other guys have like a like a six-minute video, six or seven-minute video, and Patrick's is barely over five minutes. He's number one for a reason. He should have the longest video. Last year, Tom Brady was number one. His video was like almost 10 minutes. Okay. So okay. I will say that did uh you know, that was a little that was maybe just me just being too much in my feelings. But I I think it's a good list. Um, I do definitely think that there were some people that kind of got snubbed as I feel like should have been higher, maybe not on the list. I feel like one of those is Kirk Cousins. I feel like he is a quarterback that goes to the playoffs every year and gives him gives his team a chance to win in the playoffs. And when you have a quarterback like that, now he's not, you know, the sexiest quarterback. You know, he, he reminds me a lot of of Alex Smith, but better. he's definitely better than Alex Smith. He's one of those type of guys on a year and year out basis is putting his team in the position to win. Travis Kelsey at number five. That was no shock. First bout hall of famer, uh, Chris Jones at number 10. I did see that. I thought it was pretty funny when they were talking to him about the top 100. He asked if he was, they asked him what he thought he was. And he said, I better be top five. He said if I'm not top five i i'm I'm gonna break this chair over my head, and so I thought that was pretty funny hes and the guy was like, I can't tell you I'm sort of secrecy, but I can't tell you you're in the top ten and he was pretty and he and he was not happy about that uh, <laughs> i do <laughs> so i do I do love the list I think it's really good because I think a lot of times as fans and as sports writers who have never really played the game i think it's a great opportunity for us to see that list to see what the actual players really think of their peers because to me if i'm an nfl player i would much rather have the the accolades from the people that i play with and against than some people that have never played the sport so i think that like for the guys who are on the list i think it's a great honor i think that it's cool to see guys progress because you had a guy like josh jacobs who wasn't even on the list last year and he was number 12 this year so it just in one year you can go from not even being on the list to be top 15 so it's just crazy
1: and that's the reason why i'm gonna keep my response pretty simple today it's I thoroughly enjoy the NFL Top 100, and I I think they get it right because how are you going to tell the players they're wrong? Exactly. There is no bias of recency or it's going to be voted on by a person that has a degree and he's a journalist. No, these are players that get on the field every single week with these people, and the admiration is strong. So they're saying, listen, there's not a player alive that's not going to say Patrick Mahomes isn't the best overall. There might be some that say Joe Burrow or a small percentage that say another quarterback or another receiver or even just another player in general. But the odds are they're going to get it right, and they continue to get it right. They're not dumb players. They're not people just rush through it. And maybe there's a little bit of that. But to go through 100 people and have everybody vote on it and have the players select who they see in their eyes on the field who should be ranked in these top 10 – I think it says a lot, and that's why I don't really complain about where people are at because it really is based off a peer-to-peer evaluation. If a USA Today or a ESPN or an NFL.com was to write in who they thought, then I'd have concern. I'd be like, how do these seven voters get it wrong? How do they not have a, a Kelsey in the top five or whatever the case may be? but they got it right because they do it off the peers and it's everybody's personal opinion. So to me, it's even more of a tip of the cap that you get to number one, because that means the majority of your peers see you as that type of player. So I have no issues with the top 100 at all.
0: Yeah. And I also think it's good to point out that the top 100 ranking, it is a year by year ranking. It's not, oh, this guy's been the best for how long? No, no, no. It's who you thought was the best in that season. And that's why I brought up a Josh Jacobs because the year before he was not ranked. But then he jumps all the way up to number 12. Now, so I, I will tell you the only
1: thing that's kind of a shoe-in is I believe, and don't, uh, don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure like 98% of the time whoever won NFL MVP is always number one. That's always kind um, of happened that way. So I think yeah. it's an easy... Just the players are going to go, Oh, yeah, it should be Patrick Mahomes. Because if you can win the NFL MVP, you're probably going to be seen that way from your peers as well. They're probably going to see you in that type of light.
0: Oh, for sure. But other
1: than that, I, I don't have an issue at all, at all, with the top 100.
0: Yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's a great list. And I think it's something fun for us fans to look forward to. That's why, side note, that's why the NFL is king of marketing because it's something that they put out before the season. It's something to keep us engaged and looking forward to. Again, we're not even in the NFL season yet, the regular season, but you have this that comes out that I know that at least for me as a sports fan, something that I look forward to, to to just kind of see where where guys think their peers are at in the league. Absolutely. And And I think it's a really cool list. All right, my guy, Christopher. NFL, you know, that's what we love to talk about on that one sports podcast. Is there a possibility the Chiefs do not make the playoffs this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, possibility. I mean, when when anyone gives you a a possibility, it's like, well, I can't say as an absolute zero that the Chiefs don't. Do I think it's implausible? Yes. I think the Chiefs (laughs) would have to have a lot of things go wrong to not make the playoffs, I would listen to your argument if you said, "Hey, the AFC is pretty stacked." You know, the AFC West is getting a little better. And what if you had a major injury? Well, yeah, then then I'm willing to to placate to your argument because maybe if we lose someone like a Travis Kelsey or a Chris Jones comes back and we lose him, or Patrick Mahomes has to lose an extended period of time because because of injury. Then for us to say that it's just a shoe in that we make the playoffs, I don't, I don't think so. With a AFC that's getting better, with an AFC West that's getting better, to say that something is absolute in the game of football is crazy because the injury aspect—you never know what's going to happen to a team ever. So, is it possible? Sure. I do think a lot of people get on TV and say things like that. Um, because it's a buzzword it's it's trendy yeah they they want to make a hot take and get clicks so they're like oh they're returning super bowl champs they're not going to make the super bowl and it's like well eh, i think it'd be pretty hard pressed to uh, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone who would truly bet on that that they're not going to even make the playoffs without knowing injuries or anything like that now again you come to me week 6 and you tell me that Mahomes is out for 6 weeks that's a whole different betting odds. But right now, as of August twentieth, you're telling me the Chiefs aren't going to even make the playoffs. I think you're crazy.
0: <laughs> Boy, I'm right there with you. And you know, last year it was uh, who was it? the The former Jets player Bart Scott had that ridiculous take about how the Chiefs would make the playoffs. Ridiculous last year. take, absolutely ridiculous. And then. A guy who made that prediction last year, if you listen to a podcast, a super popular podcast in the sports world, Bustin' with the Boys. Will Compton actually doubled down on that this week. He had that take last year, and he said, again, this year, he said the AFC West is getting better. You know, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are going to be better. The Chargers could get better. The AFC is stacked, but come like... How can not you be that not until we see it.
1: Not until we see it. It's Thank like you. You're right. They, they could be better, but they haven't been. And last it, year was the year to get us on paper, losing Tyreek Hill, a young defense. we started like five rookies on defense or something crazy like seven. that. Seven. And they got significant snaps. I don't think we started seven. I think there were seven players that got significant. Okay, yeah, you're numbers. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But That was the year to get us. Now you're telling me that that team has gotten better and we went and even got in better on offense that now's the year you're going to do it? I don't think Russell Wilson and Sean Payton do it for me. You and I have talked about that before. We've even had that as a topic here. They're not going to do it for me. The Chargers are always scary until they do it, but you do know Justin Herbert's going to have that maturation at some point where he's going to be able to lead a team. So they're the only ones that I ever give thought to or second thought to. But the Raiders, nah. The Broncos, nah. Chargers. Right. And the only reason why I give a pause to the Chargers and why they do make me somewhat nervous, look at who's beaten us in the past couple of years. The Chargers have split with us before. They've come right, in yeah. to Arrowhead and won. They, yeah. they, have, they play us very, very well. Those games are yes. always super, super close. If they could go handle business elsewhere, they'd be scary because what always happens to them is they beat us and then we're like tied for the AFC West and then they go lose to two teams they never should lose to and we go win. So until they learn to grow and mature that way, you know, wake me up, man. Wake me up until someone knocks us off because as of right now, it's just tomfoolery to be even talking about it.
0: And, you know, I think there's a reason, you know, why we love being from Missouri. You know, for those who don't know who listen to the podcast, Missouri is what we call the show-me state. So, please, Chargers, show me. Denver, show me. Buffalo, show me that you can beat us in an important game in the playoffs. And then at that point, I will concede. But until that happens, you can't be the king until you knock the king off, right? It's like the Bengals.
1: The Bengals are a team that have done it. And that's why they're worrisome. That's why us in Kansas City, it's such a good rivalry. Because we're like, right? hey, they haven't just beaten us in the regular season. They've come into our house in an AFC championship game and won. Exactly. So they can talk the talk and walk the walk. But in our own division, man, wake me up, please. Because but, dude- I've, I've been living in this dream, man. So wake me up because I don't think it's going to happen. Now, if you ask the question, could the Chiefs not go to the Super Bowl, that's one that I could say, oh, yeah, that probability is getting lower and lower because the AFC is getting better. But not, Absolutely. Make, not make the playoffs. Yeah. All all you have to do in the NFL is win your division and you're in.
0: Right. And if you so, look at our
1: division, right. I don't see us losing our division, man.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Like you said, You know, the Chiefs have a stupid division record, and and like we talked about, until – and what it's been – has it been, what, seven or eight straight division? Yeah. It's been like seven or eight straight uh, division chips. So, until, like you said, until someone knocks us off, we're going to be there.
1: We're going to be there. All right, man, well, let's change gears. Still staying with football, but now we're talking about my favorite position, the wide receivers. And I got a question for you. What young wide receiver or wide receivers, plural, can you see taking the next step to superstardom this year?
0: I tell you what, that's a great question. And the guy who I really like because of his skill set, and he is in year two, so last year was his rookie year, um, this is probably an easy pick for some. For me, it was super easy that man is Mr. Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. You know, he was Offensive Rookie of the Year last year with, you know, they had um, Zach Wilson back there at quarterback at times. They had, I think they had Joe, I think they even had Joe Flacco back there for a few games. Uh, They had, uh, I believe, Mike White back there for a few games in the season. So he was able to do that with, in my opinion, average quarterbacks, then you give him a quarterback like that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, who I think when healthy and playing how he is capable of playing, I feel like he is definitely a top 10 quarterback. So when you pair that with a guy with a talent level, and like let's not forget Garrett Wilson played at Ohio State. And in my opinion, Ohio State – Especially recently, keeps putting out receiver after receiver after receiver. So you have Garrett Wilson, who obviously is playing with the Jets. You have Jigba with the Seahawks, who's going to be in his rookie season, and then you have a kid out at Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be coming out next year. Absolutely. And that and that man is just that's just that's a topic for another day. But that he is that dude. You know, he is that dude. He is that dude. So, for the past few seasons, like, Ohio State has been putting out these talented receivers. And, man, I just cannot wait because I feel like if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy, and this might be kind of spicy, but if Aaron Rodgers can play, can stay healthy, and Garrett Wilson can stay healthy, I'm telling you, Garrett Wilson is going to be the next Devontae Adams I don't think that it just happens that they both were the same number 17 if Garrett's healthy Rogers is healthy he's going to be the next Devontae Adams 100 percent okay so my take
1: is a little bit um it's going to be a name that people don't realize did that well last year and my guy that I'm picking that's going to be taking that next set to next step to superstardom is Chris Olave from New Orleans. Oh, I
0: like that. I like he him had too.
1: he had seventy two receptions for a thousand yards last year. Under the radar, he was a one thousand yard receiver last year. Now you pair him with Derek Carr, who has been known to feed the wide receivers, right? And I believe he is going to have a breakout year. And on your point, he's from the. Ohio Ohio
0: State. I'm telling you, boy.
1: They're they're basically wide receiver you over the past five years. They're just producing, 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 producing. And that's okay. That's okay for me because Chris Olave is a great route runner. He's six feet tall. He's not the biggest guy, but he fits well in the slot, runs great routes, quick, good hands. I think you're going to see him take even another step, and he's going to surprise you. Now, I've got a guy that's not very young, but because he's been suspended for the last couple years, I've got a bonus pick, and that's Calvin Ridley. Dude, Uh,
0: that's my dude. Calvin
1: Ridley. That dude is a beast. You pair him with Trevor Lawrence, the prince.
0: Oh, the prince that was promised, baby.
1: And I do believe that you're going to see a breakout year from Calvin Ridley. So Calvin Ridley's kind of my bonus pick. Chris Olave, 100% is my breakout receiver that was great last year, has that highest potential that's going to make that
0: leap into that superstardom stratosphere. Okay, I tell you what, I have a bonus pick as well. I think he's going to break out this year as well. He's a guy who's not – I think he's in – I believe he's in year three. I believe he's in year three. Wide receiver. He was in with the Giants. Now he's with – the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, his name is Elijah Moore. Mm. I have heard nothing but great things with hips with his connection with Deshaun Watson. And let's not forget, guys, yes, Deshaun Watson had problems off the field, but when he was healthy and on the field, he was a he was top a five, he was a top five quarterback. And when he you was a stud. and you have a guy like Elijah Moore, who is super talented, and you give him a top five talented quarterback. I think that he's going to do great things. So Elijah Moore, I think, is going to take that next step. I think he, him and Amari Cooper are going to play really well this year for the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to say is when we were talking about Chris Olave, the thing that's scary about Njigba with the Seahawks is they sat down with Chris Olave, Jigba, and Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both said that Jigba is better than both of them. And Jigba, yeah. Yeah, and that's the guy who is with D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I'm telling you, that Seahawks receiving core, if Geno has enough time to get the ball off, that is going to be scary. Oh, yeah, agreed. You know, me and you both love the fantasy football game, bro. We play it every year. So let me ask you this question. To play fantasy football, to be good, is it just luck or is there skill? Well, you already know where I come out of this. I, I cannot
1: stand <laughs> the excessive smack talk that comes in with uh, fantasy. If you want to come at the person themselves and make fun of them, like, you know, hey, he can't, he only drafts Chiefs players or this or this or that, that's fine. But when you get into the realm where you Actually, think by you clicking a button that you have a skill in something, that's when I have an issue with you. Fantasy football is so easy to play that a person that has never played a day in his life can set up auto pick and win your entire league and know very little about the game. You also can have, and no offense to my ladies here, but let's say you grab a woman, a wife that wants to play with her husband. There has been plenty of stories where the wife has beaten the husband (laughs) who legitimately watches football, follows players, and it's just luck. Now, if you want to tell me that it's skillful to be in the know, I'll maybe listen to that argument. To be really good, maybe, yes, you do need to pay attention to ESPN. You need to watch games and see what people's production usage is and or their usage rate, how productive they are, how many targets they receive, stuff like that. But the way most fantasies are set up, there's very little skill. Now, I do think there's certain rules you can play with that require a little bit more thought and skill. One of those is a keeper league. I think a keeper league taps into people who are a little bit more on the up and up knowledge wise of what, what, what a player could do, what a player possibly could become. The other aspect that I think can change it is like FanDuel where you're picking somebody, a new person every week, because that is based off of more of me knowing and trying to guess and look at with my knowledge of, okay, this quarterback's playing this defense. He's not very good. You're not going to see a high target rate to that wide receiver they're probably going to run the ball more. So I'm going to go pick up a Derrick Henry as opposed to a DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I mean? Knowing stuff like that, I think, adds a little bit of more spice of life into the fantasy football realm and makes you have a little bit more skill the way that you set your league. But, dude, think about it. You can get on right now and do a draft, and any of those platforms will basically tell you who the best pick is from a projection. They'll oh, flat yeah. out tell you just who oh, you yeah. can Yeah. So, n- no, I, I don't think it requires any skill. I, I, I think anyone can play it, anyone can pick it up. That is the sheer definition for me of something that has skill. Can somebody that has never done anything get taught it in the same day and play it? And that's how easy, that is how easy fantasy is. Not only could they play it, they have a chance to do well. There's even more skill in Madden than there is in that because I can throw you a controller and let's say you've never played a game before and you're going to suck. Like truthfully, you're not going to be very good. You're not going to know how to throw, how to run. But I could hand you a iPad and give you a brief instruction of how a fantasy works and say, hey, when this person comes up, go. There are people that have done that and have literally taken second and third in their league. That answers your question. No, there is no skill involved in um fantasy.
0: I'll tell you what, I I I half heartedly agree. Like I do agree with a lot of stuff that you said. I think that sometimes managing in the season when you have injuries and stuff like that, I think that there's more skill in that to who's on the waiver wire, who do I need to go pick up. You know, bye weeks can be complicated depending on who, like, you know, because I don't know about you, but when I draft, I don't look at bye weeks. Very rarely. And the only time I would look at a bye week is if I just happen to see that I've I've already got, like, maybe two or three guys on buy But if I think that that guy is the guy I want at that position, then I'm going to take him. So I feel like drafting is super easy. I think probably what – could possibly require more skills in managing it throughout the season with injuries. Because, like, let's just say you have a top five quarterback or maybe you have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, he goes, gets hurt. Like, and now you can, you can always look at who is the top-ranked quarterback at the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should go get whoever that is. So I do think that drafting, I think, is super easy. Anybody can do it. I think actually managing it throughout the season – requires a little bit of skill not a lot because like you said if you have someone gets hurt you can go get the top ranked player but is it it skill
1: or is that just being knowledgeable and and that's That's the argument is 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 knowledge skill because if i go on and let's say again i'm i'm very little i have very little experience in, in fantasy let's say that I could go in and ESPN still shows me you're out of a tight end. I can go into the open waiver wire and just pick the top person. I can just right. go toggle a button and it's going to show me everyone that's in the waiver wire. That is right. the most likely to succeed. You can't do that with games that require skill. And, and that's why I say like even Madden as kind of a goofy example, but, it doesn't matter how much I tell you about Madden, you still have to do it. Like you be, you have to still be able to use the controller and push square when the, there's some hand-eye coordination talent in any gaming. Really, to be honest with you, is yeah. it as skillful as you going out and dunking a basketball or shooting a three or throwing a football? No, but there's a hand and eye coordination. A fantasy is literally setting a lineup, sitting down on Sunday. And watching what happens that you have no control over. You have no control over whether or not someone's gonna have a bad tummy ache and not play, or ESPN's gonna screw it up and say someone's questionable and that freaks you out from putting in the lineup and they end up being 100% healthy and going off for four touchdowns. You don't know that. And people that say they do, it's a guess. It's a guess. You know how I know that there's no skill revolved in it? Because you can gamble. Because you can gamble. Las Vegas doesn't like putting money up for things that people can get good at. Because if they did, they wouldn't have those big hotels. Every game you can play in Vegas, they have the upper hand. Think about that. And their their hotels are so big because they're winning. And that's all fantasy is, is just a gamble. You don't know what they're going to do. You have no clue what these guys are going to do, man. None.
0: I agree. None. You know, it's so funny that you brought that up. You know, I was talking to Lori about this uh, yesterday. Um, we were uh, we were playing spays with, with some family members, and we talked about card counting. And I feel if you're smart enough to be able to card count, you should be able to, to, to win and not be kicked out because it's not my fault that I'm smart enough to beat the system even though the system has been set up to be rigged. And why do you think they kick them out? Because they don't want to
1: make games that people can rig and win. Right. FanDuel but- wouldn't make money if everyone could just get really skilled at fantasy. But they don't because there's a – I mean, look at the damn name, Mitch. It says Fantasy Football. <laughs> That's not even a real thing. A fantasy is not reality. And again, I'm not saying that it doesn't. I mean that you could take a four-year-old and they could go do it. You, you have to have some knowledge of a game. Like when you're drafting, you would need to know that Justin Jefferson is, is good. Now, where I will tell you where you can, again, add a little bit more skill as add-ons, if you will, is the draft that one of my drafts that I go to, he does it very old school and I like it. When you draft, you don't have a computer in front of you. It's a drafting board that you walk up when it's your pick and you put a sticker on the draft board, which makes you have to know the players by just looking at a piece of paper. So there is no like ESPN I can get on and go, ooh, who's left? And I wonder what he's projected to do. You don't have any of that. So you're really just going off of what you know in the game. So that aspect, I I, I can say, I like it. But, anyways, that's my two cents, my man, on whether or not I think fantasy football requires any skill.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, and I tell you what, that has to be pretty embarrassing for a husband to lose to his wife in fantasy football, especially when he is the one that puts so much, probably, as what you would say, knowledge into it. And for just to have someone to just go through an auto draft and get, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I remember. 'Cause uh we have a league at work, a fantasy football league at my work, and there was one year, I think a few years ago, there was a guy who missed the draft, somehow, for whatever reason, overslept, and he he got auto drafted. He got auto drafted his whole team. He ended up taking second in the league. And a lot of guys were pissed because, you know, this is something that we put a lot of thought and effort into, and for him to just like be sleeping and the computer pick his squad and then he takes second, dude. That, dude. That, that's like just getting like, that's like salt in the wound. Salt in the wound, dude. Salt in the wound. Salt in the wound for sure. Okay, okay. You know what it is. We got a top five game for for my main man Christopher and actually I'm gonna throw a little wrench and I actually got. Because it's it's gonna be quicker. I got two five two top five games for you. One right. will be one will be sports related. The other one will not be sports related. So we're gonna go with the first one. Is not sports related. Gotcha. People that people that don't know Christopher, you need to understand he is a connoisseur when it comes to fast food. He loves him some fast food. I'm emotionally connected to food just in general. He loves food, okay? So what I want to do, it's going to be kind of a different top five game. What you're going to do is you're going to rank these top five fast food restaurants without knowing what comes next, mm, okay? okay? So I got to put them in order
1: based off of the wh- how you tell me.
0: Yes. So like I would say here, and then you'll say, uh, okay, I'll go three. And then I'll give you the next, and then I'll give you the next one, so you you won't know. So I'm not gonna give you five, and then you rank them. You're gonna have to. Okay, gotcha. Okay, shoot, big dog, shoot. So the first on the list, Popeyes Chicken. Oh, dog! You coming out the gate swinging? (laughs)
1: Oh, bro, Popeyes. Oh, it's so good to me. I'm gonna
0: go. I'm gonna go two. Okay, Popeye's at two. Okay, all right. Number two is going to be Chick-fil-A. Four. Four. Okay, so you got got Popeye's at two and Chick-fil-A at number four. Next, I have a feeling I know where this is going to rank. Next is Taco Bell. Oh, no. Dog, (laughs) number
1: one. That, that's an easy pick. Taco Bell is like my go-to, dude. I'm telling you. Cheap, good, fills you up. So, yo, Quiero Taco Bell, whatever you want to say, live, Moss.
0: Boy, let's go with it. Number one. Okay, so you got Taco Bell, number one. You got Popeye's, number two. And then you got um, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A at four. At four. Okay, yes. next on the list. Is going to be Domino's. Ooh, five for sure. Five. Five, five for, for sure. Three. And last, so then you have, what, number three open? Yeah. One and or two, or two. And so the last one, Arby's. Yeah, I mean, now
1: knowing what they are, I'd probably put Chick-fil-A at three and Arby's at four. But, but I'm hey. Not, I'm not mad at that. Li- I mean, I – if you would have said Taco Bell as the very first one, I would have said number one. Like, people know something about me. Taco Bell is my ish. It just right. is my joint, dog. And, and people are like, and you know how I know that it's marries with me so well? Because I don't got to poop afterwards. So that means that
0: means I was just meant to eat Taco Bell. Because I and, will mash at Taco Bell, bro. See, and and that's why I gave you Popeyes first, because I wanted like I would I knew if you ranked it number one and then I said Taco Bell, you'd have been like, Oh dang. So oh, yeah, I would have yeah. been. I would've been. So okay, so awesome. So got that. now those who don't know Chris, now you have a little bit more insight as to what what he likes. Okay. The next top five game. And this is actually something that I believe we had a conversation about. I think maybe even the last podcast, not a conversation we had, but you actually brought this up. Okay, so you're going to name the top five richest sports teams. Mm. Number and one,
1: number one,
0: Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Dallas Cowboys are number one. Number two, uh, you don't have to go in order. You you can you can do however you oh, like.
1: The Yankees. The New York Yankees.
0: New New York Yankees are number two. Got it.
1: Um, I'm going to say Manchester
0: United. Manchester U. Soccer. They are team. not. They are not on the list. Oh, really? There are a couple soccer teams on the list though. Hmm. Think of the super competitive um, league over. In, United. Uh, United. D.C. United. Nope. Or FC United. Huh. Nope. Think of a uh, mm, – oh, okay, I'll give you a hint. Uh, so you got the number one and two. Uh, There is an NBA team on there, and the other two are soccer teams. Oh,
1: the I'm going to say Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are not on the list. Oh, and it's an
0: NBA team? Is it the yep. Boston Celtics? You're getting closer, but nope. Think, think market. Think market. Oh, New York Knicks. The New York Knicks are number three on the list. Okay, okay and
1: then the next two are soccer teams. So I'm going to have to say, of the only teams that I really know, I only knew Manchester U. Okay. I don't think I know any other
0: team. So three and four, or sorry, four, four, and, five and, five. The, four and five on the list. Number four is Barcelona. Mm, yep, I wouldn't have got that. And then number five on the list is Real Madrid. Mm, wouldn't have got that either. So, uh, I just that, that was
1: I. I just don't know outside of Manchester. You, I just don't know soccer. I
0: mean, I you, you ain't lying. Like the only, the only reason why I know them and that and I also know PSG only because that's where Messi came from and that's where Mbappe was at. And I'm not for sure what team he went to. Um, so because M- hold on, really quick, did, did did you hear how much the Saudi League offered? M- M- Mbappe yeah but hold on but do, do you know how much that the that Mbappe that there's a Saudi Arabia Soccer League that offered him a one year contract guess guess how much it was for oh dude it had to be a king's ransom for one season bro a billion a, a billion, billion of not not million to a play billion sport? to play soccer for one year he said no bro. he said no he, he turned it down, bro. Well, you don't he want to be owned down. by them dudes, man. I'm telling yeah. you, them dudes are shy, shysty, bro. Yeah, you ain't lying about that, bro. But that's crazy. But but how many people, though, how many people you think would have the moral compass to, for one season? A billion dollars? I don't know, man. I
1: mean, I don't know. I know that Lionel Messi turned it down, too. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: like... So something,
1: it, something's got to be shady over there.
0: You ain't... You ain't lying, bro. For you everybody to turn it down like that, something's
1: got to be you. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, but yeah, man, that was fun. All right, so, did you, did you enjoy the, the, the top five uh, fast food blind rankings? Heck yeah, boy. You know. All I right. Am. All right. All right. Well, guys, that's the show. We appreciate you for listening. Remember, we got podcasts coming out every week for you. And, you know, as the regular season gets closer, content is just going to continue to get better. We are super excited. I I know uh, when I speak for Christopher and myself, we can't wait to really get into the NFL season so we can start to dissect and break down teams, rosters. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening to that One Sports Podcast. We truly do appreciate you. Please don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And guys, please be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have Absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.